This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am back with another incredible Monday episode. Just got done watching the Minnesota game, and no bueno. Uh, but we'll talk all about it today. Let's, uh, as, as you know, if you've been here for a while, that this is the episode where we talk about a week in review for the Washington Capitals. I'll cover the games that we that have taken place up to this point and some league news as well. So let's get right into it and pop some tabs because I'm sure you're going to need it. One, two, three. All right, so let's just – some brief league news right now. The Blackhawks are eliminated from playoffs for the third consecutive season. I think everybody saw that one coming. Also, the Blue Jackets out as well. Um, San Jose was out last week. I mean, and this will be the first of very many. Obviously, half the league makes the playoffs. The other doesn't. So uh, this is all kind of uh, par for the course. You expected these teams to be out. We're really concentrated on what the East is going to be doing, right? Obviously, it seems like there's three or four teams in contention for the last wild card spot. Uh, but only time will tell as to how those pan out. Uh, some NCAA news. Sophie Jacquez, uh is the first black winner of the Patty uh, Kesmeyer Memorial Trophy for the top NCAA D1 player in women's hockey. She plays defense for Ohio State. Congrats to her. She had 48 points in 39 games from the blue line. I'd say that's uh, pretty fucking dominant. That's actually insane. So obviously well-deserved. Uh, ob- an offensive defenseman there, but um, you know, just to stay on that, while, while those point totals you could probably put out there for absolute defensive liability defenseman, you don't win an award like that for not being able to play two ways. So congrats to her. Uh, injuries. Sam Gagne out the rest of the season for the Jets due to, to do surgery on both hips. Uh, Sam Gagne is a veteran in the league. You know, uh, hopefully he recovers and, and plays a few more seasons. It's crazy how long his career has already been. So uh, it didn't seem like it was uh, like a full reconstruction or anything like what Backstrom went through but uh, and what Carl Hagelin is going to go through. But uh, definitely uh, both hips at the same time is going to be rough. He's probably going to be bedridden for a couple weeks and then trying to get back out there as soon as possible. Suspensions. So, again, not a lot of league news except for this, uh, which was pretty funny. <laughs> Bennington, Jordan Bennington, gets two games for jumping Ryan Hartman after getting scored on. You know, I'm sure that Bennington uh, is just channeling so many other goalies after they've been dummied on the ice, uh, just getting up and just blocker and stick just straight rights into the into the <laughs> into the celebration scrum. I mean, I thought it was hilarious to see. Uh, obviously, pretty low rent uh, as far as the actual action itself, but it was kind of funny. The interesting part is that after this ensued, Mark Andre Fleury, who was playing uh, in Minnesota at the time, darted across and wanted to fight, and the fucking linesman came in and broke it up, hold both of them, held both of them back. They had gloves off, they had helmets off, they were ready to go. Two willing combatants and the linesmen did the best they could to not let this fight happen. You know, you're looking at it from Bennington's side. He's already like 
you know, he's already put the final nail in his coffin as far as a sussy goes or as far as penalties are being doled out. Like, he's he's leaving the game. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Marc-Andre Fleury decides to also throw his lot in with leaving the game and going for a fight. I don't understand why the, the linesman didn't let that happen. So, you know, it's a pretty good thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty happy to see that I guess nobody got hurt, but I would have been happier if nobody got hurt and we saw a goalie fight because those are awesome. Unreal. I never really understand what goes bet- goes on with between the linesmen and the refs and understanding like what decision they make for stopping fights or starting them or I mean for letting them go. Um, I, I just a mind mind boggler there. They should have let them go for sure. Speaking of letting it go, Caps fans, the biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot and even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds bets all tournament long, so be sure to Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. <laughs> right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's talk all about the shitty week the Washington Capitals had into in this week's Washington wraparound. All right, so some interesting injury news. John Carlson has opened up about his injury. It ended up being way worse than anybody thought. You know, when the injury happened and, you know, the blood and, and the kind of shock of, of watching it wore off, and then, you know, Instagram, he had the Christmas pictures right after, um, you know, he had a fractured, you know, you thought he was, thought he was okay. Ultimately he had a fractured skull and a lacerated temporal artery, which is absolutely wild. He described as being struck by lightning as far as pain and being in, in tremendous pain the first few weeks. Luckily he wasn't diagnosed with a concussion, which is really the only silver lining of this situation. All that to say, you know, he may be back in a week or so. What a beast. Uh, moving on to the games. So, Caps fans, this was a pretty rough week. Um, it would have made, and and I, I hate to say the playoff dreams are over, because I really don't think they totally are, but I would say that we're on a razor-thin edge. Basically, the next loss that... You know, if we lose any game against a Metro Division rival that's in the running, it's over. Uh, if we so that's three games coming up against the Islanders. If we lose any of those, it's gone. Um, if we lose anything, you know, moving forward, uh, really like any any Eastern Division rival, um, it would be a little uh, like a, a us outside looking in forever as well. Um, Really, the 96 point after losing these two games this week, after this 96 point uh, barrier is completely out the window. There's even if the Caps won every single game from here on out, there's no way they would ever get to 96. Now, last week I said we could make it with 94, 
92 points maybe if we went undefeated against the Islanders here on out and a bunch of other teams like Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Florida all shit the bed and lost. So we're really, really trying to, you know, um, rely on the shittiness of these other teams. Um, Penguins are doing a good job uh, shitting the bed. Buffalo, you know, is here and there, definitely inconsistent, but I'm not exactly sure how how it's going to play out for the rest of the season, obviously. But let's talk about um, St. Louis. Five to two loss in regulation. There's a guy named Hofer in net because of the aforementioned antics by Bennington, who got a two-game sussy. Dude is on his third NHL start. His name is H-O-F-E-R. So I, if that's not foreboding, I don't really know was what is. <clears throat> in the first two minutes in, the cap seemed to be pouring it on, but a missed one-timer chance from Strom to Ovi sent the Blues the other way. For a nice passing play and blown coverage in the back door for a Sammy Blaze tap-in on Kemper. It's the third game in a row where the opponent has scored on their first shot of the game. That's absolute nightmare fuel for any NHL team. Protus and Nicholas Abe-Kubel had a two-on-one where Protus tried to stuff likely out of panic You know, shortly after the goal they gave up because uh, he just dangled a guy and had the puck. Uh, Abe-Kubel was far side open, stick down, uh, and instead, Protus just kind of got the stick, the puck back on his stick and stuffed it, tried to stuff it twice, and get a couple opportunities there to get it over to Abe Kubel, but didn't. And uh, the puck stayed out of the net. It's a tough break there. I'd, I'd, you know, Of course, I'd rather get a shot on net on any odd man rush or any rush into the zone, honestly, but it seemed like this is a play that Protus could have and should have made, but, you know, could have, should have, would have, right? The Caps then played an even game through the first, getting a slight edge in shots. In the second, though, five minutes in and a stretch play by St. Louis finds Kairou with a breakaway as the Caps defense falls asleep entirely and get exposed 2-0 to to St. Louis. You know, the first, we were lucky to be down one nothing. In the second, five minutes in, I mean, this play, it was, it was you know, Pareko fires it up the boards, forget who touched it second. And it was just an easy pass for Kairou, who is who is breaking out of the zone all alone. Both of our defensemen, I believe it was a defenseman and a center, were back uh, and just lost Kairou. He went in, exposed uh, Kemper, and and that was all she wrote. The lid's blown off this game in this frame is Kapanen, uh, the recent acquisition from the Penguins, from outside, blasts a slap shot uh, from the right side and went f- low and away. Goal, uh, post and end. And then another Bla- uh, Sammy Blaze goal happened. Uh, the Caps look lost in their own zone, you know, really trying way too hard and not thinking enough. I think I thought everyone was reaching, stealing pucks from each other and really losing pucks at their feet. Uh, inside our defensive zone, coverage was just shaky at best, really bad. Offensively, though, they, you know, the Caps were still getting chances when on the rare occasion we were able to break out cleanly and get on the rush and then control on the off in the offensive zone. In the third, five minutes in, Faviari gets a nice one-time feed for a goal to ruin Hoffer's shutout. And then late in the period, six on four on a power play with the goalie pulled. Nick Baxter and Barry's with all day and night to load up for a nice wrister, making the score four to two. Now, this period was was okay. You know, obviously the, the caps were 
on their heels big time. They wanted to save face here. They didn't want to get shut out. They got that first goal. They got the the last one. Too little, too late, though, honestly. Um, The Blues, also in this period, were very content with turtling. They were getting pucks deep. They were trapping the neutral zone. If there was something there to shoot at, they would do it. But other than that, it was really just kind of commit to defense. Then uh, one of the shin bros, who cares who, gets the empty netter from behind his own goal line. You know, this game, the Caps were putting shots on, but they they just, they could not bury. They had opportunities, but the real problem was uh, team defense overall. Blown coverage all over was was our kryptonite. I mean, through the neutral zone, into the defensive zone, these few mistakes that we did make were immediately capitalized upon by the St. Louis Blues. Now, this is just a normal thing that's going to happen in hockey, and, and it just sucks that it happened this game. I thought that the Caps overall, you know, did what they were supposed to do. Got the puck out quickly and put it put the shots on net as many as they could, right? They knew that there was a rookie goaltender in there. They knew that they had to give him a lot of looks. I thought they did an okay job of penetrating the middle. They had more high danger chances. They had like a higher Corsi, higher Finwick. All over the advanced stats categories, they were the, you know, pretty clear winner. Unfortunately, uh, just costly errors just gave so many muffins to the St. Louis Blues. Uh, and just and then and then you have like maybe a questionable goal on the Kapanen one from outside on Kemper. I mean, that's a blast. Don't get me wrong. But Kemper was a little off his angle there and a, and a bit slow to react. Um and nobody picked him up. Nobody stepped to him until he got to the top of the face-off circles, which in the NHL, if you get to the top of the face-off circles, you should be loading up for a shot and trying to put it on net. You know, um, it was a tough loss against a team who's outside looking in on the playoffs, right? Like the, the St. Louis Blues are in the same spot that the Washington Capitals in. Long shot to make it to the dance, and it's just, you know, tough, real tough look. Um, going into Minnesota today, it's a matinee game, and the Washington Capitals are historically bad at these. So, you know, great, great, uh, great pregame thoughts going into this. They blow this one five to three. Minnesota is, with this win, in the second place in the Central Division, which is probably the toughest division in the West. Um, but that's not really saying much. That's definitely a low bar to be stumbling over. So, in the first, you know, well, before the game, sorry, Kemper, (laughs) we find out right before the game, is out with an upper body injury. Pretty par for the course for this whole season. You know, why doesn't everyone just get injured? You might as well just pull up the entire AHL squad and and have them play. But Kemper's out, upper body injury. Not sure how long that's going to last. We've just got him... Uh, you know, just found out the news today. So we'll see how he progresses and if he comes back uh, or if the Washington Capitals are going to let Charlie Lindgren get get some more uh, action. We also get to see Mojo, who we just traded to Minnesota on at the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, he'll be important here in about three seconds. So in the first 50 seconds in, the Caps again give up the first goal, not on the first shot, but the third. And the only reason that it was the third is because the first and second were were saved uh, all by the same guy. Matt Boldy, young kid, um, has quite the game tonight. 
you know, just another jam play in front, and the Caps fail to clear as the puck's at Oshie's feet and gets batted in by Boldy. Uh, a few minutes later, Matt Boldy again dings us for another. It's going to be one of those games, folks. It's absolute terrible start. Bad luck. You know, the everything that could go wrong did go wrong. The Minnesota Wild took the game to the Washington Capitals, and the Washington Capitals sat there flat-footed and very, it seemed, uninterested in keeping the playoff dream alive, especially in the first 10 minutes. Uh, both of those first goals were primary assisted by Marcus Johansson, who seems to be playing like a top six role, if not a top three role. I, I couldn't really get a handle, but uh, yeah, and he's on the power play. I mean, good for Mojo. It's his second stint in Minnesota, just like it was his second stint in in uh, D.C. with us most recently. So, you know, one side of me says, like, I'm happy for him, but the other side of me says, like, I wish he wouldn't have done this against the Caps. Uh, the Caps do get a power play and pepper Marc-Andre Fleury with shots, including one for Shiri, who is victim of solid D and good goaltending that kept the puck out. Uh, he had the puck really, he batted it out of the air, had it right on the doorstep, and some good D stopped his stick from batting it all the way in, and then Marc-Andre Fleury just kept it out as it kind of trickled in towards net. You know, up to this point, the Caps were behind in shots after they even that number up. Uh, after the power play and kept momentum going, taking the edge in shots, you know, for a little bit after the power play, you know, once that power play happened, we got some, we got some stuff, you know, got some jam back in. Uh, we woke up, started to arrive to the game. Uh, the Caps did start to tilt the ice their way, but really just couldn't finish and or find twine the rest of the period. So we go into the second down to nothing. The second was a pretty even period until Ovi buried his 38th the season on a power play goal with about seven minutes into the second, just blasting it past Marc-Andre Fleury high uh, glove. That that feels really good. You know, uh, the the announcers all game were just stroking Marc-Andre Fleury, saying how much they love him. I've never liked really Marc-Andre Fleury. I, I just, uh, you know, on top of that, I feel like a lot of his wins he was a passenger for, especially in the championship side. Though I would I would argue that he has one of the best pedigrees in the NHL right now of active veteran goaltenders. You know, mini cup wins, Olympics. You know, he's done it all. I will say that. Um, but I've never really liked him, probably because he's always been played ruiner for the Washington Capitals uh, in so many playoffs and regular season games. <clears throat> So OV buries one. It's a win now. The Caps were continuing to keep momentum until Hartman shot a puck at the net for Ryan Reeves in front with a deflection goal. I mean, what a joke. He was in front of Sandine, who was powerless to move the big men. I think Sandine needs to really take stick there, get somewhat involved. I don't know, slash a guy in the arm. Like, who knows? Do something. You're in front of the net, uh, and you know the shot's coming, and there's a guy that's double your size in front of you. You've got to do something to, to, to get him off balance. Uh, you know, then the, the Washington Capitals had a conniption and took two penalties that put them down two men. Uh, they ended up coming out unscathed from that and, and kind of limping into the third, you know, just a quick note about Sandine. He's a dash double digits in his, in his games with Washington while he's been a pretty good puck mover and offensively capable. 
you know, there's a reason that Toronto let him go. He's got a lot to work on on the defensive side of the puck, which was my worry when we traded for him. Um, I'm not saying that he he's definitely an improvement over over some, especially considering that we have no John Carlson. Um, but you know, his size and his you know seemingly aloofness sometimes in the offensive zone is a problem, right? I mean, he'll play the body on the boards, he'll he'll land a big hit. But the other team will retain possession, and his guy that he just hit isn't completely out of the play. He's going to he, he works his way back to the net and loses Sandine just on a simple go to the net play. That's something that Sandine really needs to figure out. In the third, early on, a big hit by Dumbo on Kuzi led to a to an Oshi fight. Kuzi went down the middle the tunnel immediately. I don't think he returned. Somehow. Uh, TJ Oshie gets the instigator in the ensuing fight and a 10 minute misconduct. Like I could understand, you know, you're going to go for the instigator. You're going to be down two minutes, but the 10 minute misconduct was a little fucking banana lands for me. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, I, I don't understand unless he, you know, said something that the, to, the, the refs were, were an earshot of, uh, that really was over the line or something. I, I just don't understand why he got the the additional 10-minute misconduct. I thought that was a pretty shitty call. Um, and on that, after that whole mess, the Wild made us pay, and uh, Duhame scored on a very nice backhand. I mean, overall, just trash. Trash from everyone. Bad PK. Uh, bad hit. You know, I don't think Dumba is going to get in trouble for this hit. As terrible as it looked, and you're going to see screenshots, I'm sure, and, and freeze frames of every every little piece of it uh, as as the week progresses. And again, I'm recording like immediately after the game, so I haven't really looked into it. But at game speed, this just looked like a a a a, a big hit. Um, it didn't seem like you know Dumba had his elbow out, uh, which is pretty typical for a hit like this. But I don't think that it hit his hit Kuzi's neck or head. Um, Kuzi was like limped off the ice, favoring his his arm. So that makes sense with the way that the contact went. There's chatter about Dumba leaving his feet, but remember, if after contact your your feet, you know, you, you leave the ice, that is allowed. Um, you know, it didn't look like Dumba launched himself into it. It was, uh, you know, just kind of a handcuff play. Kuzi didn't see him and Dumba's a big man who can throw his weight around. So brutal. Hate to see somebody get hurt. Hate to see us relinquish a power play goal and then, you know, see the like shitty calls between for on Oshi that's always trash. But uh, I'm not sure Dumba's going to get another look at this one. I don't know if he'll get suspended. I don't think there's going to be any more disciplinary action. Minnesota then starts pouring it on at this point, and the Caps seem powerless to respond. Uh, all of their shots really coming from the perimeter at no angle. Um, while this kind of game slugged on, the announcers Kevin Weeks and um, uh, I forget whoever who the other lady was that was that was doing play by play. Uh, they just kept harping on Ryan Reeves Tom Wilson fight, which is something the announcers you know they're just so rock hard for this. And that was really fucking annoying. Like, I don't want to hear about that anymore. Um, look, Ryan Reeves, 
has bested Tom Wilson in fights before. I think Tom Wilson has uh, occasionally got one over on Reeves as well. Uh, they're two physical players, but they're really not the same player, not even close, even though Ryan Reeves is enjoying of recent, uh, including the Golden Knight or today, uh, some pretty good success on the score sheet, not in the PIM bracket, uh, having, I guess, four goals in the past few games. So, you know, good for this guy. But Tom Wilson's a power forward. Ryan Reeves is an enforcer. It would not benefit Tom, the, the Washington Capitals for Tom Wilson and Ryan Reeves to fight so that Ryan Reeves can sit in the box with Tom Wilson, right? Uh, we want Tom Wilson on the ice as much as possible. He contributes a lot. Um, and you know what? I'm going to be honest. I think Tom knows that. I think that Tom, in his, in, as he's aged, understands that. Uh, I definitely think Tom Wilson is a very capable fighter still, but that's not his main goal anymore, you know? And this is something that Washington Capitals fans and the league at large and all fans have been pining for forever. So, you know, let this guy just have his fucking time uh, progressing as a player rather than being a fucking goon. Uh, Ovi then scored another one off a of power play, making it 4-2 off of, off of the face-off play that they usually run. If Ovi gets another goal this year, which seems very likely, just one more, uh, he'll have the most 40-goal seasons uh, of any player in the NHL. That is wild and really speaks to the consistency and, and talent of Alexander Ovechkin. Not that we have to overstate that or not that we understate it or even overstate it here on this podcast, but good for Ovi. Two goals today. You can consider that a win, folks. Uh, a few minutes later, the Caps are pushing too hard, though, and let Boldy get his hat trick on the second breakaway of the game. Then with the goalie pulled, Dylan Strom gives the Caps a little bit of life. Crashes the net, buries a goal. Good effort. Love that. Love not quitting there at the end, even though we're down by three goals. And, uh, you know, ultimately, Caps, though, couldn't get it, get it done. Final score of 5-3. to three. Uh, Boldy also had a shot at an empty net that bounced awkwardly right in front and then hit the post and went out. So couldn't complete that, but did get the hat trick. Um, you know, overall... The Washington Capitals just straight up couldn't get it done this week, this half week. Um, not getting the first goal and instead giving up goals on the first one to three shots is not a recipe for success. In fact, that's just absolute nightmare fuel, like distilled into like super nightmare fuel. It's terrible. We can't play from behind all the time. Uh, the real JV stuff, uh, it's, it's just, you know, that could murder the Washington Capitals playoff chances. And if we continue this this streak, you know, into next week, there, there's no way that the Washington Capitals are going to make the playoffs. You know, if we lose really any of the next games in this next week, I think it's over. So the Washington Capitals also had have had just really numerous problems in their own end and playing in transition. The team is worse. Pretty sh- I mean, I... I Objectively, the the team is worse after the trade deadline. Okay, the Washington Capitals are not as good as they were before the trade deadline, and before the trade deadline, they weren't very good. Right? They weren't they weren't killers. Um, in December, we thought they were awesome. The young guys were starting to get chemistry, and then Backy and, and Wilson come back, kind of put a wrench into that, and then a little bit harder competition also buried their chances as well. Uh, but as far as just as the team stands now, 
you know, we are down a lot of good players. We jettisoned a lot. I mean, Marcus Johansson is a perfect example of somebody that was gone, um, had a had quite the game, two, two points at least in this game. And then, you know, what the Washington Capitals need to do, I think, is tighten up their own. They, they really need to play like a very New Jersey, like early 2000s New Jersey style of hockey to be successful. And that is a trap, that is dump and chase, that is hit everything that moves and hope that offense comes from that. Hope that through that effort, you're going to take, you know, you're going to draw like a tripping penalty, some hooking, some things like that, and force the team to make turnovers and capitalize on them quickly. We've shown against teams that are, you know, hunting for a playoff spot or in the playoffs in the past week that we cannot keep up with the transition game. Um, mentally, we're blowing coverages from the neutral zone on into our own own zone. And that is just that's not a not a playoff team mentality, right? Or or execution level. So I think that you know, in the twelve games that are left, eleven games that are left or so, the Washington Capitals absolutely need to tighten up like it, it would be probably a win on the season if they just kept like the average goals against at like three going from here on out from the last 11, 12 games, if they could just not get scored on, on average three or more or more times, that would be better than anything else. The offense remains somewhat potent. You know, we've got Ovechkin, we've got some good offensive players. Um, but you know, the pace at which we're playing is a little bit slower. The mental side of things on the defensive end has been bad. Uh, and I feel like the easiest thing for Lavi to fix is that is just like a little bit solid, more solid coverage in the defensive end. The offense will come from it. You're looking at players like Connor Sheary, who carried the team through December, who, who really had a really strong first half of the season and was for night in and night out early on the cap savior. He has gone absolutely quiet and visible and, you know, I mean, you can't blame him for it. Uh, of course, we'd love to see him start to bury and whatnot, but that's just not always going to happen. Uh, people are going to go through cold streaks, and Connor Sheary is definitely a guy that's doing that. Um, I do like Alexei Protoss. I think he's more involved than the guy that they scratched him for, which is Anthony Mantha. While Mantha makes the shrewd, nice plays, I think Protoss is definitely more visibly engaged in the game, throwing his body around making decent plays, getting pucks to the net on that fourth line. Um, <clears throat> whereas a few games ago, the second line with Dylan Strom, Osh and, and Milano were, was good. They've fallen off a bit this week. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it's just bad all over the ice, to be completely honest. Um, we could have used some stolen games via Kemper and Lindgren. They aren't up to that task, at least as of right now. But, um, you know, there's always next week. And next week, we do have two cupcakes. The two teams that I just mentioned in early on in this podcast that are, com- that are completely out, statistically eliminated from the playoffs in Columbus and Chicago. We play Columbus on the 21st at 7 p.m. We play Chicago on the 23rd at 7 p.m., both games at home. And then the big test on the 25th, 8 p.m. in Pittsburgh. Capstones, I think that if we lose the game to Pittsburgh, it's over. So, to that end, 
I think the Caps are going to go three and zero. Gone three and zero the past couple podcasts. Just overwhelmingly positive right now. For even though the evidence shows otherwise, and that's because, like I said, I want the Washington Capitals to make the playoffs. I don't think that even if they miss the playoffs, they're going to get Connor Bedard. If they did, I think the hockey world would collapse. Uh, it would be awesome, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and you know what? All the people that are petitioning for a tank, you, you know, you might get your wish. The Caps are going to have a couple picks higher in which they can leverage to move up the uh, the pick category if they choose to do that, or they could stand pat and just take their picks as they come. But uh, I would kind of rather see them, they still have a, a multitude of picks that they traded for and, and got some good returns on during the trade deadline. I would rather see them make the playoffs one final hurrah, probably get swept by either Carolina or the Bruins and then reload in the off season, go through the draft reload and then, you know, have another go at it next year. Uh, that being said, <clears throat> like I said, caps are going to go three and zero this next week. They've got two cupcakes, man. I mean, if we cannot pull off convincing wins against Columbus and Chicago, I don't know what the hell we're doing. And then against Pittsburgh, that's a test. The Pittsburgh Penguins have not been great as of late. Just getting blown out by the Rangers, six to nothing. They're incredibly inconsistent. Who knows what team we're going to see in Pittsburgh against the Caps? They always get up for these games, but I think the Caps also do too. So I would love to see the Caps keep the dream alive. Three and zero this next week. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. Look out for me on Thursday. Either it'll be reviewing the last couple games, uh, the, the two kind of cupcake games that we have coming up, or an interview. I'm not sure. Let me know what you guys think. But until Thursday, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. Hockey Troll signing off. Hey, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.